So if you want to get your, uh, your Bibles, your devices ready, we are heading to 1 Peter, continuing our series there. You can turn to chapter 2, which is where we're up to. But just before we get into the preaching of the Word, for those who've been around, you'll know that the focus in this little portion of the letter to 1 Peter has all been about the way that the grace of God changes us. It's this call, as Peter puts it, to stand in the fight against the passions of the flesh that wage war, to live as a free people. That was his specific exhortation the last time we were in this wonderful little book, to live as a free people. And so it's been exciting. I've been very encouraged just to see what the Lord has been doing within and amongst the lives of people in our congregation. And as I said a few weeks ago, I was encouraged to get a phone call from someone who just happened to be visiting, lives in a different part of Australia and wanted to call and just let me know how much the message and the sermon had both encouraged but also challenged and convicted them in this area of getting free. And obviously most of the stories that I hear I wouldn't share. don't want to feel like anytime anybody comes and shares something to me or with me that it will get shared publicly. But I had someone this week who uh, I have been just walking with a little bit. In fact, we've actually done a, a series. There's a wonderful five-part series, especially for men in the area. It's called the Conquer Series in the area of walking in freedom, walking in purity, walking in holiness. And he said to me, we've just finished that, he said, is there any chance that I could have a couple of minutes? I'd love to share a testimony. I didn't ask him, but he said, I just want to give God glory for what he's doing in my life. So I've been really encouraged to see that, and I was so encouraged that he offered to come and give us a testimony. So can we invite Wayne forward? Can you welcome him as he comes? We love Mr. Wayne. We love his piano playing. And uh, as he said in the early service, and he said to me, he's never really experienced the level of freedom that he has just in this last season, in this last journey. So, as I said, he's keen to just give testimony to the Lord. We've got the mic on. One, two, two. Give me a look here. Get it organized. Are we on? We should be on here. Oh, oh we're missing the sound man. Welcome the sound man, everybody. <laughs> sound man will help. Not sure where he was. Ducked out to the bathroom, under control. Are we on now? One, two. All right. Uh, okay. Um, hello. My hey. Hey. Hey, Wayne. How hey. you doing? What's Turn happening? Off, sorry. Um, my name's Wayne Kelly. Uh, I'm a musician. That's my job. I'm a full-time musician, if, for those that don't know me. And uh, I love jazz. I love everything classical. A anyway. So um, I just finished going through this five... Uh, part session DVD series, the uh, Conquer series, uh, Battle for Purity, which was headed by uh, Dr. Ted Roberts, who was a, uh, like a champion fighter pilot and real man's man sort of thing, like Top Gun, but in a better way. And um, so, yeah, I was checking that out and um, I found the series to be the most succinct, straight to the point, no beating around the bush on how to walk in purity. Um, it's aimed toward uh, uh, any uh, 
uh, young men, old men, any any age, who who want to walk in uh, this pure life. Uh, the series is very uh, thorough, no uh, rock, rocks unturned. It's biblically relevant, it's scientifically researched. Um, what did I say here? Uh, it's jam-packed with tools to help you be more than a conqueror. So I've, I've experienced that. And um, personally, as a 47-year-old man, I don't mind telling my age. I was born in the uh, 1812 Overture, which is 1812-69. Anyway... So, um, that's a little side note. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's all right, man. Uh, I've, been waiting this, uh, I've been wanting this type of freedom for a long time. I haven't done this alone, of course. I've had fellow saints that I confide in, you know, getting real, getting raw, getting honest. So, you know, you've got to be humble. Put up your hand if you're humble. I am. That's a little joke I like telling. It's very profound, deep. There you go. I thank God for the, uh, uh, the fellow saints that I have, my mentors, both younger and older. Um, I come up with these little catchphrases like purity equals uh, holiness equals freedom, freedom equals holiness. So I've learned just to let go. You've got to let go and trust God, trust God, trust God. So God is freedom, God is holiness. That's sort of, yeah, just you've you got to know it deep down in your soul and that's what it this sort of series has got me focused on. Uh, anyway, I'll tell you about a dream I had, and uh, it won't be long. Uh, I recently had a dream. I was carrying this pain in my heart. It was both physically and uh, other ways. It was intense. It was very, um, it wasn't cathartic. It was the other way. Um, what do you call it? Um, yeah, very hurt, hurt, hurt a lot. And I thought to myself, well, I'm in this dream, I'm gonna, when I wake up, when I wake up, I'm going to go to the doctors and get some medication for this to relieve this pain. It was in the mind, it was in the heart, it was physical. Yeah, it was hurt. It was really hurt. But then I heard this voice. Uh, That's all right, uh, Wayne. I'll take your pain. So yeah, and I said, really? You can take this pain that I've got. I was getting all personal with him and. And uh, I, I don't want you to take this pain, Lord. It's going to hurt you too much because I love Jesus and I didn't want him to hurt that much. And he said, then, um, and then the Lord, uh, ever so gently in this dream that I had, he said to me, it's okay, Wayne, I've got this. So I gave this intense pain to the Lord and, well, and man, I feel so much relief. I woke up with tears running down my cheeks. It was very, you know, when you get dreams like dreams like that, it's intense. And uh, I just wanted to, th- uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, there it was. Um, and I just want to thank the ultimate warrior, the lover of my soul, the one who he's got my back totally, hundred percent. I'll stand here by myself if I have to, but they're my heavenly Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And um, and thanks, Andrew, for putting me onto this conquer series, man. It's, it's been a lot of freedom out of this, and I, I honor you for that. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, so the Battle Plan for Purity. It's a good uh, DVD series, very slick. It's got, it's a bit American in some ways, you know. Uh, he says things like, things like, I'll double dug dare you, and all this. But it's pretty, it's very um, straight to the point. It's got psychiatrists in it. It's got um, uh, counselors. It's got... Uh, what do you call them, um, bull riders, champion bull riders. 
So that impressed me because I come from Cooma, one of my best friends. One of my best friends was a is a champion bull rider. So, so thought I thought, yeah, I like that stuff. Anyway, so check, yeah, I, re- I recommend it wholeheartedly. Uh, check it out for all you men out there. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks. We're just going to pray for Wayne. So would you join with me? Thanks for sharing. Take some courage to bear your soul before people. You're great. Just join. Let's bless Wayne and pray for him. Lord, I just thank you for this testimony that Wayne shared of what you've been doing in his life. And I thank you that there's no pain, that there is no addiction, there's no bondage that is greater than your capacity to come and heal and set us free from. And I just thank you that it's not only your desire to see Wayne and each of us walk in complete freedom, but for us to be freedom warriors for you, to set others free. We thank you for that. And I just bless Wayne to be someone not only who walks in freedom, but is an instrument in the hands of a mighty God. Bless him with all that you have for him in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. So I know I've been on a little bit of a pedestal in the last month or so talking about this area of freedom and I don't plan on staying there any longer. We'll move on from here. But I wanted to give one last opportunity that one of the things that the Lord really impressed upon my heart for us this year and this year of just seeing him do things in us in this year of breakthrough was that it would be a year of personal breakthrough over bondages, over addictions, over the things that cause us to not live in freedom. Because Jesus said, who he sets free is free indeed. And it's for freedom that he set us free. Not just so we can live in bondage, but we can live in freedom through the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus that redeems us and enables us and empowers us to come against any work and plan and strategy of the enemy. And I would recommend the, the series to you. This would encourage you, Wayne, but I had someone after the early service, Wayne shared as well, just his testimony, slightly different than what he shared this morning. Someone came to me after the service and said, yep, I want to get free. I'm putting my hand up. And so I'm not discouraged. I am encouraged. I don't mind what your issues are. This particular DVD series is fantastic. It's the best series I've found in the area of sexual addiction. If you're addicted to pornography, anything in that space, which is massive in our society, you can walk in freedom. So one last opportunity, come and see me. Love to just walk you through some steps of really how you can come into greater freedom in your life. We're going to move now, if you grab your Bibles, from this picture that First Peter gives us of this grace that transforms us to be a free people, to live as a free people, and he'll move from this focus on personal freedom to the way that this grace then impacts the society around us, the people whose lives we come into contact with. Let's pray and we'll get into it. Oh, Father, there's only a few minutes left, so we just pray that you'd come and anoint this time. Use it in whatever way you might desire for us this morning. We pray in your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. We honor you. We look to you. We love you. Amen. Amen. Well, I 
just about got through my introduction in the earlier service. So if we aim for maybe half the introduction, we'll try and set the scene a little bit in this next section of this wonderful letter and then hope to unpack it and unfold it in coming weeks. So if you've been following along, our verse for last week was verse 16, live as people who, 16 of chapter 2, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. So we're going to pick up from verse 17, that's really the text, but just so we get the flow, the flow of what Peter is really saying in this, this little passage, this portion of his letter, let's read from verse 13 together. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, be subject. It's one word in the Greek translated in the ESV as two separate words. This is the first key word you can underline this particular word. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. A couple of interesting words there. First of all, every. Every means every. It means all of them. Not the ones you agree with, not the ones that you think are right, the ones that you think apply most to you. It says to every institution, and notice we're not talking here about godly institutions, we're talking about every human institution, every law, every legal system that has been created by man. He'll continue, whether it be to the emperor as supreme to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil, praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. As we've already mentioned, verse 16, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Then verse 17, underline this word, another key word, Honour everyone. Who are we to honour? The people that we like? the people that we agree with, everybody, from the emperor to the everyday people that cross our paths. He says, honor everybody. Love the brotherhood. That's his way of saying the church, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Fear God. And then again, honor the emperor. We'll come back and talk about maybe why he gives that instruction twice because he certainly was an emperor who required some honor. Verse 18, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do, a good, if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. And here is the example. Here is what we always keep before us. He, being our Jesus, committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you and me, all of us were once straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Thanks be to God. 
Praise Jesus. So here's a passage talking about, as I said, Peter's focused up until now about the work of grace in our lives. He's now talking about the outworking of grace in the society in which we live. And there's two key words in there. I'll say and suggest that perhaps these are words that are forsaken more than any others in our society, the society, society in which we live. The first word is honor, and the second word is respect or submission, or as the ESV puts it, to be subject. If we're honest, we don't see a lot of honor. Whether it's from a silly little example, I was thinking as I was watching the football this week, the state of origin, New South Wales having a uh, comprehensive victory. Just thought I'd mention that. Any Queensland fans? Not, not that are willing to admit. When was the last time you watched a football game at any level of football and you saw people there yelling out compliments to the referee? <laughs> Great job, umpire. You are, you're seeing it so clearly. Good call. Well done. Great job. You're not really a true football fan, are you, until you've yelled a few words of abuse at the referee in his decisions? When was the last time you saw a, an article or had a, a conversation about a politician with a particular point of view that was different than your own or than the one that was being presented, and it was a conversation or an article written with a sense of respect and honour? I'd say for most of us, it's probably been some time, if ever, we do live in a land where dishonouring leaders, authorities and our government, it's almost a national pastime. We pride ourselves, whether it's the authority of perhaps in our workplace, Scripture talks about even within our families, honour your parents, right the way through to the rulers of our land. had a silly example this week, but a relevant example. And I don't know whether it's the fact that we now live on a bit of a property or perhaps it's a reality of living in a house with four girls and a wife, so really five females. I live in a house that's dominated by pink and dresses and ballet, and I do love that. There is a large part of that that I love. I love my little girls, but perhaps it's an appeal to my manliness. I'm not sure, but I said to my wife the other day, sweetheart, I really think I need to go and get a shotgun. And she looked at me a little surprised. Okay, honey, whatever you think. So I went through the process of uh, going and applying for a gun license. And there's not very many places. There's one in Fishwick. It's called the Fishwick Gun Shop, if you're interested in joining me in my new hobby and pastime. Might need a few other manly men to come with me and shoot things every once in a while. The Lewises have a lot of rabbits at their house. As soon as I get my shotgun, Tony, I'll let you know. We'll deal with your rabbit problem. Wildlife appreciation. So I went along to the seedy corner of Fishwick, the Fishwick gun shop, to do my, lun, my gun, my gun license training. It was about 15 people. It was three who were doing the New South Wales license, which I was, and the rest were doing the ACT license. And in strolls this guy. We were all there and had been waiting. I think it was a 5.45, 5.30 start time. He was about 10 minutes late, and he swaggered in with this attitude. And I'll just say, suggest without painting too much of a picture, it was a, um, a certain demographic represented in the gun training course, shall we say, that certain type of person that you not normally would um, associate with respectful, honouring people. 
So they were a bit rough, let's put it that way. And this guy swaggered in with attitude. He's 10 minutes late. He was rude to the instructor who was there and had been waiting patiently to begin the course. And disgruntledly, this instructor made a comment, handed him his paperwork, told him to take a seat. And this is no joke what happened. He took a seat. He sat there after swaggering in 10 minutes late. And all of a sudden, his mobile phone rings. Happens to all of us. And so what does he do? He proceeds to pick up his mobile phone bearing in mind we've been waiting for 10 minutes to start this course, and he's holding a conversation with someone on the other line. He's chatting away, saying, hey, how you doing? You know, it's great to see you, and yeah, we can do that tomorrow. It was, it was a full-on conversation, and I could see this instructor. I mean, he was going redder and redder and redder. And this is the guy who owns the Fishwick gun shop. He was an elderly gentleman, probably in his 60s, looked like he'd been around guns his entire life. And I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, this is not the sort of guy you want to mess with. I mean, for one reason, he's standing behind a counter filled with weapons. But this guy didn't seem to care. He continued his conversation. This guy was getting redder and redder and more and more frustrated. Eventually, he hung up and said, look, I've got to go. See you later. And the moment he hung up his phone, this guy let loose. I mean, I won't repeat some of the words that came out from that corner of Fishwick in the gun shop. But the gist was that if ever this gentleman touched his mobile phone, that both him and the mobile phone would be exited unpolitely from the premises. That was the general gist. So I thought, well, that's an interesting start to the gun training. And it continued. There was this ongoing rudeness between this guy and the instructor. There was no respect at all. And this, respect, uh, this in inspector, this instructor, had had enough. So in the end, there was the New South Wales, there's the ACT, he came to us, and in fact, he apologised. He said, I was trying to be very polite and respectful of this guy, and he said, look, I'm sorry, I don't know what it is, but whenever I get New South Wales people, they come and they're polite and they're nice. The ACT people, different story. <laughs> they struggle, they're just this, in, this entitlement factor, and they can just be so rude. So he went out of his way to be rude back. And he came over to us, he gave us all the answers to the written test, he did our practical assessment, sent us on their way, and I never heard what happened to the ACT group, but all of ACT struggled because of this one guy's rudeness. We are in a society where there is a lack of honour. Let me give you some other examples. And I thought, God is gracious in giving me some relevant examples to share. I'd planned for some time to sort of begin this next section of Peter, First Peter, uh, this Sunday. But we've seen, as Peter has already mentioned, this Margaret Court saga. And I'm sure you've seen it in the headlines. Putting aside, just for a moment, the different worldviews that are clashing in the midst of this argument. The thing that has concerned me even more than what's been said is the manner in which things have been said. It is completely disrespectful. Nobody seems to have any regard for people anymore in the words that they are allowing to come out of their mouths. Here's another example, just from this past week. Our favourite international politician, Mr Donald Trump, seems to always be in the headlines. He made a decision this week, I'm sure that you probably caught up with it, about climate change that wasn't popular. So again, just put aside your perspective on Donald Trump. Put aside for a moment your perspectives on his policies. Separate all of that out. 
There is and there should be a measure of respect that is offered to someone who is the ruler of a nation. Regardless of what you think of him, regardless of what you think of his policies, but the extent to which not only his own people, people from our country, international leaders went out of their way to spew dishonoring rubbish out of their mouths. And see, the problem is, I believe that when we treat an office, not necessarily a person as much as the office and the authority that they stand in, with that sort of disrespect, we literally curse our nation. There is a curse that comes upon the land, this dishonoring spirit. And before you think, well, surely that's the exception, Donald Trump. Let's talk about the emperor. Twice in this passage, Peter says, honor the emperor, respect the emperor. Who was the emperor? The emperor at this time, we believe, records would indicate, was someone called Nero. Who's heard of Nero? He wasn't a pleasant guy. Nero's reign and rule was marked by tyranny and extravagance. He would host these wild parties, garden parties of debauchery, and just for fun, he'd have Christians tarred up and lit alive as the ambient lighting for his festivities. Now, this is the guy. You'd be struggling, struggling to find anyone who was anything near his caliber in our modern political landscape. And yet, even in that instance, Peter says, honor the emperor. Twice. I mean, he probably put it in there twice because they read it once and thought, no, surely he can't be talking about Nero. Surely he can't be talking about Donald Trump. Surely he can't be talking about this person or that person. But he says, no, honor the emperor. Be subject. And so I want us to, and I know that we've, we're nearly out of time this morning, but I want to explore why it is that honor is important. What it what is it that honor looks like in our lives? And particularly in the context, you see, we could look at honor in the church. We're called to honor our leaders, certainly. We're called, we're called to honor our brothers and sisters. But Peter specifically is not talking in this context within the four walls of the church. He's talking about within the midst of society. And honor is something, I believe, more than anything else that opens the door for us really to see the kingdom of God transform society around us. Now, that's about half the introduction, but I'll skip us through, and then we've got something special actually planned for ministry time this morning. You see, I mentioned, back to my uh, shotgun example, here is the problem with our current society. And I joke with, I have joked with some people about this, but a few people have said, well, why, why do you want to get your shotgun license? And I said to them, you know, I think there's just certain conversations in life that go better with a shotgun by your side. <laughs> and of course, I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek, but I said, take, for example, the conversation that I both look forward to but dread with equal portions, but when one of my four beautiful girls, hopefully all of them at different times, they come with a pr prospective suitor. And given, as we talked about, the dishonorable society, I just imagine that conversation going so much better, sitting on the front porch with a shotgun by the side. And saying to them, well, just let me ask you this question. 
what are your intentions with my daughter? And let me say this, if your intentions are dishonorable, then I'll be praying that you can run very fast. <laughs> Bearing in mind, I wouldn't be shooting to kill, I'd be shooting just, just to maim, just to make them think and suffer a little bit in their sin. Now, I am using tongue-in-cheek, but the problem is that we've become a shotgun society. It's very powerful to hold a shotgun. It is. There's this sense of power. There's this sense of, I can do something here with this shotgun. I can just throw out a comment on Facebook. I can just make a statement. The problem is that shotgun mentality is not the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of this world. We look at this scenario, I love this scenario, which shows the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world so well. And it's found in John chapter 8. John chapter 8, of course, is the encounter that Jesus has with the Pharisees and this woman who's caught in the midst of adultery. She's caught in sin. She's, she's guilty as charged. There's no way of waggling her way out of that one. There is an issue that needs to be dealt with. And both the Pharisees and Jesus, their heart is to deal with the issue. Jesus never once compromised in any area of, of sin, but he came from a very different approach. See, the Pharisees, they saw that scenario and all they saw was the problem that needed to be dealt with rather than Jesus who saw a person who needed to be saved. The Pharisees saw a sin that needed to be punished, not the sinner that needed to be rescued. And Jesus came, it says he came not to condemn the world, not to punish their sin. He took our punishment upon the cross so that he could come in the opposite spirit and he could come to rescue and redeem and to love us. I want to make this statement, you see, in this instance, the Pharisees and, the, and Jesus, and in one sense at least, they were both after the same end goal. The goal was, what do we do? How do we deal with this problem? This woman has been caught in adultery. The Pharisees took the shotgun approach. They said, well, here we go. Let's try the shotgun out. The problem is, what would have happened if they saw that through? They would have dealt with the problem of sin, wouldn't they? Yes. But the sinner would have been killed in the process. Whereas Jesus says, no, no, let's deal with the sinner. And then she's free to go and sin no more. Saves the sinner, sets her free. And that's what we're going to discover with this thing of honor. Honor is literally coming in the opposite spirit to the world. Rather than seeing these issues around us as a moment to get out the shotgun and to shoot free for all to deal with the problems around us. Jesus says, no, 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 no. This is the message of the kingdom. That's what Peter is saying. You're a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood. What's that going to look like? How is that going to play out in our lives we're going to give honor. We looked last time. Live as people who are free. Live as people who are free. How does our freedom play out in the society around us? The very next passage. Honor everybody. Honor is a key to see the kingdom of God come in our circumstances, in our situations. So we'll discover this and we will... Explore this more in coming weeks. I want us just to stand. Our time's up. I want to pray for us.
First of all, that we would be a people of honor. And then we're going to do something different for ministry time. We've had our children who've been out the back in their once a term Holy Spirit encounter and Martin and Roz, who are the directors of healing rooms, have been out there teaching them all about how to pray for the sick for healing. So we're going to get all the kids to come back in in just a moment. And anybody here who is in need of physical healing this morning, if you want prayer for anything, love you to come forward. You can receive prayer. But particularly for anyone who has a physical condition that you'd like the laying on of hands for. And we're going to set the kids free. Let them loose, and they're going to pray for people this morning that the Lord would move in that way. Before we get there, let me pray for us in this area of honor. And if you want to receive this prayer, just extend your arms to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I want to pray for each of us this morning. And as we've discussed, as has been evident in different parts of our service, Lord, there are all sorts of things going on all around us. We live in a society that doesn't even know what honor is. And yet we do, Lord, because you, the one God, worthy of all honor, you came not to get honor, but to give honor when we least deserved it. And you've called us to stand in the midst in the midst of dishonor, in the midst of governments and systems that are broken, people who are hurting the stuff that we face each and every day, you've called us to stand in the midst of those places in the opposite spirit to the world and to give honor to those who least deserve it. And so, Lord, as we just begin this sense of looking at what it means to be a people of honor, I pray that there'd be a sense for each one of us here of just committing to be a people of honor, a people who desire genuinely to see your kingdom come in our schools, in our families, in our workplaces, in our nation. And may we be a part of living for your glory by learning what it is to show honor. Pray these things, Lord, in your wonderful name, King Jesus. Amen.